Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. And we are recording once again here um, on our fun 27 Speaks podcast. So um, it's still summer, <laughs> still, still traffic laden out there. Um, and uh, I'm kind of sticking close to home these days. I don't know about you, but trying anyways. Today was not the day to go out. No. Kind of cloudy and rainy. Yeah, it was bad. It's bad out there. So stay home. Stay home and be safe. So um, with that in mind, uh, here we are again. And at the controls is Bill Sutton. Hey, Bill. Hi, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And also with us again is Brendan J. O'Reilly. Hey, Brendan. Hi, I'm Brendan. I'm the features editor. And my name is Annette Hinkle, and I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And we have a very special guest joining us today, and that is Karen Testa. And Karen is the executive director of the Turtle Rescue of the Hamptons up in Jamesport. Um, so how are you doing today, Karen? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm, I'm looking forward to our uh, little chat. And I see you're sitting, I guess that you're at the, the rehab now because I think it's in an old house, right? Yeah. And you're up in the attic, which is where you're your offices yeah it's three floors and that's the only space that i have everything else is wall-to-wall turtles here <laughs> <laughs> that's a good life goal wall-to-wall yeah. i like that um so i you know i guess that you know it's interesting i, I imagine that um so you're located in jamesport but um i imagine that there's a lot of people that don't know about your organization is that true or are you are you just uh you know how do you find that you get the word out and how do people find you and um and who are your who are the people that find you Okay, so basically we started off in Hampton Bays with the Evelyn Alexander Wildlife Rescue Center um, that everyone knows of on the South Fork that helps the wildlife. And then, you know, the turtles take up a lot of room and they're, they're a little different than most, most other wild animals because they, they're, they take a very long time to do everything. They take a long time to heal. They take a long time to show illness. If they're acting weird out in the wild, people will call us. I mean, I guess because we've been out in the media a lot, we've done a lot of media. Um, I have a, um, a good presence on social media also. Um, and I guess it's word of mouth. I mean, we try to help a lot of people and a lot of people love what we do. And, you know, you would just, I guess, tell your neighbor, tell your friend while you're sitting at the dinner table, hey, you know, I found this turtle and I called this organization. Do you believe there's an organization, you know, just for turtles? People love it, you know? So I guess it's word of mouth. And um, I've been, you know, we've been since 2012. So we've been around for some time, I guess, almost 10 years. Next year, it's going to be 10 years. So, you know, we've done a lot of um, um, outreach programs. So I guess the word gets out. It's a good thing. So, so what kind of turtles and, and trouble do you guys see? I know that we we hear a lot and, and we've written a lot about cold stunned turtles, but but what what other kind of? Um... Okay, so the cold stunned turtles are the sea turtles that are not native to New York. Those turtles come up here and they get trapped because the temperatures drop very, very low um, and they only stick around a little longer because of the food uh, supply. That's why they come up here in the first place. And then what happens is by the Cape Cod, um, and, and by in Long Island, we have a lot of nooks and crannies that they get stuck in and then they wash up because they're very, very cold. And obviously 
reptiles are cold-blooded and they can't really function below a certain amount of, uh, you know, of, of temperature, uh, low temperature. So um, they actually become paralyzed. Uh, they can't digest, they can't move, and they get washed up up here. And then, you know, we help them. But those are federally protected. The sea turtles are federally protected. We handle the turtles. We're not licensed to do the federally protected sea turtles, though I get all the calls for them because people Google sure. turtle rescue and we're the first ones to come up. So I feel like in the fall, I'm like, oh God, here come the calls for the sea turtles. But it's okay. <laughs> At least we're not taking care of them and we have enough to take care of here. Let's go to the Riverhead Foundation, right? It goes to the river. Yeah, they go to Riverhead. So we have a good relationship with them um, and they have a good relationship with us because a lot of people will call them for the native guys that, that we handle. And so we work side by side um, and they're thankful that they don't have to deal with those turtles either. So, um, but the turtles that we care for are the native to New, to, to, to New York or Long Island, I should say, because there's a lot of turtles upstate that aren't native to Long Island, even though it's New York, the same state. But we handle mostly, um, you know, all native turtles that are injured on Long Island. We handle the whole, we're the only turtle hospital on Long Island. So I actually have a rundown. So you've got the, the mud turtle, the painted turtle, Eastern box, the diamond terrapin, the spotted turtle, and the snapping turtle. Correct. Are, are all the species. Yes. Um, and um, and so these turtles are the ones that move, I guess they go from like ponds and um, kind of brackish water. Or, and that's why you'll see them on the road, like they're moving across the road or from one body of water to another. Okay, so there's different types. There's the aquatic type and there's the terrestrial type. The terrestrial mm -hmm. type is just the eastern box turtle, though they still like water. A lot of people will call us because they'll be in their pools on a real hot day, but they have to drink too. It's not that they're aquatic, really. They can swim to survive, but they can't swim long and they can't survive in water very long. Um, so they're just in there just to get a drink of water or whatnot. I always tell people to prevent that from happening just put a little water dish or some kind of like bowl of water or something in the shade. Wildlife, you know, they'll really, really uh, appreciate that, especially on very, very cold, uh, warm days. Everybody needs to drink and out there it gets really, really parched and, and they'll seek out water. Um, so that's the terrestrial guys. They, they just go in the water just to drink, but then you have the aquatics. Now each aquatic is different. There's a freshwater aquatic, there's a brackish water aquatic, um, and the sea turtles, which are full saltwater aquatic. So none of, my, none of the Long Island turtles go in the ocean. People don't realize that. We find them washed up in the ocean. A good Samaritan will find them and be like, oh, you know, let's release them because he's near the ocean. But little do they know they're from the brackish water bay, to bay side. Like on Dune Road, one side's the ocean, one side's the, um, the bay. A lot of times, you know, because the aquatic turtles, they will nest on land. They don't lay their eggs in the water they nest on land and that's when trouble begins because they start searching for a safe nesting site. They're very picky about where they lay their nest. So they'll be looking and looking and looking. Sometimes it takes days. Mm. Um, and that's when the cars hit them and whatnot. Now th there's also turtles like the snapping turtle that loves to go from pond to pond. That's when they get in trouble. They also nest, that's, they get in trouble for that too. But you know, the snapping turtles, because they're so large, there'll not be enough food, let's say in one, in one pond, they'll go to search out and, you know, food, a food source in another pond. So usually you'll find the snapping turtles where, where there's more than one water body. They're, they're swampy animals too. They'll, they'll go from like a little swamp puddle. That's a vernal pond that only, you know, fills up when the, when the rains come and they'll go and then they'll, you know, they'll walk to a, a huger lake area um, to spend their summers. And then they'll overwinter, which is a hibernation time for all of them. 
they all hibernate from October to April. They're only out active six months out of the year. Um, but then, they, you know, in the wintertime when they're ready to hibernate, that's another whole time when they'll start, you know, walking and getting into trouble because the spring is basically for nesting. Um, and then they'll, they'll go back to their other, you know, a smaller location to overwinter, which is a lot more protected from, from the storms. Do they go back to the same spot every year, do you think? Pretty much, finally? yeah. They're very territorial. And that's why a lot of times they'll leave a pond because the, the, the males will, will be territorial and they'll fight. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, they're very territorial. So the females lead to find nesting sites, yes. but the males may leave over territory. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then some of the others, like the, the diamondback terrapin or the spotted and painted state and mud turtles, do those act the same way? Are they moving for the same reason? Pretty much, yes, the same reason. Not as much as the snapping turtle, though, because they'll, they'll, they'll devour a food source in a pond much more quickly than a smaller turtle will. So um, pretty much, yeah, the snapping turtle has a different personality. A lot of people are afraid of them. Um, there's really never been a report of a snapping turtle um, attacking anyone in a pond. I mean, I would swim in a pond where I know they're snapping turtles. They don't, they, they're very shy. They don't like trouble. They just as well exit an area where there's commotion. They're, they, they're, they're the cleanup crew, actually. Um, I always tell people that they clean up all the dead you know, sinking animals that let's say a duck or something dies and they'll go to the bottom of the pond. They'll clean them up. They like, they like to eat, you know, things that are dead. They don't like to chase because they're very slow. So they're not chasers. They're, they're mm -hmm. very shy creatures, believe it or not. The only reason why they have a bad reputation is because when they're on land, they can't run away like all other wildlife can. Let's face it, wildlife are afraid of humans. I mean, rightly so. They're, that's instinctual. Mm -hmm. So a fox and a goose can run from, from a, a, you know, a predator, which we are to them, uh, but a snapping turtle can't. So they have to hold their ground. So they're trying to scare us away by being mean. So they're really just defensive. Yeah. They're not, they're not mm -hmm. being aggressive. They're being defensive. They just want to be left alone on land. In the water, they're a whole different personality. They're shy. You start splashing in the water, they're, going, they're, they're getting away from you because they're just, they don't want any trouble. Yeah. They're very slow. That's good to know. I know a lot of people, are. a lot of people are terrified of stepping on. Yeah, they, they are afraid. There's no reason to be. Karen, so I, I'm, I'm guessing most people don't try to pick up a snapping turtle and relocate it. But you did mention earlier that people see turtles, they try to drop them off by the ocean or at the beach or something, which you said is a big mistake. So my question is, when you find that box turtle crossing the street, I was always taught to help across the street and then get back in your car and move on with your life. But I know there's other people that will take that box turtle and they will bring it someplace it doesn't belong. So what's the right place to bring a turtle? Okay, so there's different things. So first of all, um... Usually with a box turtle, a lot of people don't even know the different looks like they, they all look, they, everyone thinks a turtle goes in water. Okay, so there's a lot of different things, especially when they're little, they all look the same. Hatchlings all look the same. I always tell people in all my media, I always tell people, please call us to identify before you put a little, you know, aquatic turtle in the middle of the woods thinking you're doing good, you, you're sending it to its death. So always call when you see babies. Babies come out in the fall and the spring. 
So that's important. Call us with the little guys because you're never going to be able to ID them properly and that you can put them in their death in, you know, in a death in an area where they're going to die. Um, but with a box turtle, if you see an adult box turtle crossing the road, best thing to do is put it in the direction it's headed on the other side of the road into safety. So in other words, obviously, if it's a four lane highway, you're not going to put it in the medium. You're going to put it all the way across the, all four lanes into safety. So even if it's, you know, a football field away, you're still going to move it in that in that direction off into safety because a lot of times it will be two lanes and then a, and then like a parking lot you're not going to put them two lanes over off the road which is great but you're not going to keep them in a parking lot you're not going to leave them in a parking lot you've got to go beyond that into a nearest area where there's going to be safety for him to you know survive he needs you know uh you know leaves he needs shade he needs uh vegetation best bet is to call me i have a 24-hour hotline if you're confused about anything, call me. I will do a Google satellite search. I've done it a million times when people call me and say, I don't know, this turtle's in the middle of this parking lot. I don't know what to do with them. I call, you know, I, I uh, get on my Google maps, do the satellite search and I see, okay, off into the woods on the other side of the parking lot is his, his habitat. Please put him there and people are happy to do it. But a lot of people won't know to do that. What's your hotline number? So the hotline number is 631. 779-3737. I sleep with the phone next to my bed. I get calls from all over the wow. USA because that hotline number is on, on the internet. I get calls. I'm helping Kentucky turtles, Georgia turtles, Vermont turtles, uh, Colorado turtles. I'm helping turtles everywhere because I have a directory with wildlife rescue centers in their area. I can't directly help the turtle, but I guide them in the right direction because people don't know what to do. They'll just Google turtle rescue. My number comes up. They call me. I ask them, where are you from? New Hampshire. Okay, well, obviously I can't do anything, but I'm going to send you to someone who can. And that's when I help them. So I'm helping turtles all over the USA, but, but basically all just on Long Island physically. What drew you to turtles personally, Karen? I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in that. Why, why turtles and not other and not other wildlife. Yeah, a lot of people ask that. I mean, I don't like just love turtles, believe me. I'm a <laughs> vegan, I love every single animal. And like I said, I volunteered over Evelyn Alexander and I did every, you know, all every every animal. I volunteered at the um, dog and cat shelters all over Long Island. Um, but that's just my my background. I just, I love animals. I've had animals my whole life. That's Why great. I drew, were drawn to turtles is because they need it the most. Hmm. They're very, very species specific. Um, you need to be an expert in, um, in turtle care. They're, they're not like any other animal when you're rehabbing. They take extra long. They need different types of meds. Um, they, they act completely different. They gotta be protected differently. You know, a bird you can release close by to where they are. Where they, where they were found, I should say. A turtle has to be brought back exactly where they're from. So I need to do research. If, if someone found them, like I said, in a parking lot, I'm not gonna, after we rehab them, after they get you know hit by a car, after six months of, of all the work we put into this turtle, we're not gonna just put them back in the parking lot. Again, I have to do research and find out where there's a colony, where he's gonna survive the rest of his life. Because turtles can't just fly and say, oh, I don't like this spot. I'm gonna go you know, five miles to the left or to the south. 
they, wherever you're putting them, releasing them, that's where they're staying for the next, I mean, they live 60 years. That's a whole other thing. So they need expert care. We're 24 seven expert care. The medical is totally different than all wildlife. The, the rehab is totally different than most wildlife. So we needed to do some expert care and expert research to, to get these guys. And, and they're almost endangered. Yeah. A lot of them are almost endangered. And let's face it, when a bulldozer comes, the rest of the wild animals are, are flying and you know running away like a fox could run away. Bulldozer comes, the turtles are just sitting in their shell and they're sitting duck. They're gonna get crushed. How large is like, would you say a turtle's range is? Like what's this like square mile? A football field. Like a football field. That's about as far Average. as their whole life. Yeah. Wow. So I mean yeah. they need expert care. They needed they needed the most help. They're the underdogs of wildlife. They needed yeah. the most help and I'm a helper. I was born a helper. I was born an empath. And this is this is what I have to do for them. Karen, when most turtles that you rescue physically, not just the ones that you, you know, rescue over the phone, when you give people the advice they need to help that turtle survive, is it because of bulldozers? Is it more often cars and lawnmowers? Can a turtle be hit by a car and survive? Okay, so that's a whole other uh, topic here. They come in for various reasons. The most important reason that they come, the most um Common reason they come in is from car hits. Car hits, dog dog chews, the dog's really doing a number mm. on them. And a lot of ear abscesses this year. We get boat propeller injuries that are here for five years. That's how long sometimes they take. We've gotten horrific boat propeller injuries. We get crab trap drownings. There's a new um, uh, a law um, that anyone that's using the crab, the, crab traps, um, not the collapsible ones, the ones that, that the sturdy ones, um, the rigid ones, there's a new door. I have them here actually, they're for free. If anyone wants to come and update their uh, crab trap and make it lawful, come and pick it up. It's called the TED door, turtle entrapment device. It makes it so the turtles can't go in where the crabs go in and, because turtles breathe air. The, the, the diamondback terrapins breathe air. They're the, they're the water turtles that have, you know, their habitat is similar to the ones, um, the, to similar to crabs. And they're usually in the crab areas, in the, the estuaries. So they get caught in these crab traps and then they drown. We've had a couple of that, you know, a couple of things like that happen. Those are tragedies because it's sad. You know, they just want a meal and they end up drowning. Anyway, we have those doors here if, if someone needs to update their crab trap. But in any case, so we got car crashes, Big, big, big time, you know, that's the number one, especially with all the traffic out here on the East End, like you've been reporting. Um, and then the dogs, please watch your dogs. The dogs really do a number on these guys. Um, the drownings, the boat propellers, don't go in low, low water. That's where they usually are in the low water. Um, entrapment, you know, like window wells. They're always getting caught in those window wells. Please cover those window wells or check them every day because even in every, every, I mean, not just turtles, a lot of animals go in there and they get trapped in there and they die in there in those window wells. Um, and the poisonings, the, the chemicals, we need to start doing organic chemicals. Um, we're really polluting and it's bad for us too, all these chemicals. The turtles are coming in with ear abscesses the size of their heads. And it's because the toxins build up and it, it prevents their vitamin A, their uptake of vitamin A, and then they, they get sick. Vitamin A helps the lining of their respiratory and their, uh, the, um, the membrane of the ear, the health of the, the ear. And they come in with these huge abscesses um, because of chemicals. Are they able to recover from that? Yes, the abscesses they recover from. 
So, so how many how many turtles do you have um, in your facility right now? And are you able to return the majority of them to um, to their natural habitat, or are there a few that are there that are just going to be there forever? So we get about two hundred a year, wow. pretty much. Ninety five percent of them go back to the wild. The 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 you know about two and a half percent pass away, and another two and a half percent stay here for the rest of their lives. So we have a sanctuary back here. Um, so that's, that's wonderful. You know, our hospital is on an acre of land and thankfully we made a couple of, you know, enclosures in the back. We have ponds and greenhouses for them to live. They're secure from predators and they can live here for the rest of their lives. I mean, some of these guys have half a shell and a lot of them are blind, you know, ones that are okay, but they just cannot survive on their own. So we, we feel that we need to give them sanctuary here. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks, brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books, independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton, carrying a wide selection of new books, stationery, toys, games, first editions, and rare books. Their entire inventory is browsable on the website, southamptonsagharborbooks.com. So like you said, I imagine there's like a lot more car hits this year because of the insane amount of traffic. But I wonder, is there um, is there a region of the East End where you find that you get most of your turtles, like a particular problem area or spot where you just seem like you get see a lot more turtles in need of um, assistance? Well, it's probably because the population is a lot more out on the East End because we don't have as much um, habitat destruction out here, but it's, it's climbing. Habitat destruction out here is climbing just like it has in Nassau County, uh, slowly but surely. Hopefully not, hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm just saying I see a lot more construction, a lot more people wanting to be out here and taking refuge out here. And there's a lot more building. I mean, I, I have no idea what's going on. Riverhead is being everywhere you go. There's land being cleared and buildings up. I don't know. Whatever. That's a whole other story. But in any case, um, because there's more population of turtles out here, I get a mostly all of them are from the East End, the two forks. Yeah. So there's not, it's not like more on the North Fork than the South Fork or... Um, I would say if I had to, if I had to say, there's probably a little bit more from the South yeah. Fork. A little bit more from the South Fork. How many, yeah. how many people do you have working at your facility? I imagine they're mostly volunteers. How does that? Yeah. Yeah. So we're a nonprofit charity and um, you can follow us on social media and we have our donation buttons everywhere. Um, but, but yeah, so we run just on donations. The government doesn't help us at all. Meanwhile, these aren't even our animals. We're bringing them back to the wild, helping, you know, the, 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 you know, the environment, but the government doesn't want to have anything to do with that. Um, we're licensed by New York state. We're not, you know, you have to be licensed to do something like this. We have all our licensing in place, um, from New York state and, um, and, and how many people so, does it you know, take to run to run your facility? So, okay, so we pretty much all volunteers here. We have one or two that come in that, that I hire, independent contractors that I hire to do medical. Um, we're, 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 we just applied to the 
Board of Health to see hopefully we can get our euthanization license so we can euthanize here instead of having to send them out to the uh, emergency room to get euthanized when they come in really, really bad to end their suffering. Um, we try not to do that, but we don't want suffering, you know, here, but there's enough suffering out there. So um, we try to, you know, humanely euthanize them and it's, it's a good thing sometimes. But um, so we have about five people that, that are regulars here and we depend on them that we would not be able to do it without them. I couldn't do this alone, let's, let's put it that way. I'm here seven days a week as it is and I haven't taken a vacation day in 10 years. So I'm thankful, thankful for the people that help. If somebody was interested in, in volunteering, what, what skills would they need and how would they go about getting in contact with you to, to volunteer? Okay, they can always call our hotline number, um, but skills, we train. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, you have to be licensed to do anything medical with them. But you're looking, um, you're just looking so, for live bodies then. <laughs> yeah, just cleaning. It's always cleaning and feeding. And that's basically it. Cause we have a lot of turtles here that need cleaning and feeding every single day. They don't care if it's Easter or New Year's or, you know, they got to get medicated every single day, 365, you know? So it's, it's a lot of work. Do most people bring the turtles and drop them off or do you send people out to pick them up? Okay, so both. A lot of times people will just walk in with a turtle because they, you know, they've been here before and, you know, they, they know of us and other people will call and say, you know, I found this turtle, I don't know what to do. And then I, I instruct them what to do at that point. So we get both walk-ins and calls. Do you go pick them up yourself? Yeah, sometimes we do. Sometimes the people say, you know, I'm on my way to work. I can't, I can't pick this turtle up. But the most important thing I have to tell everyone, never leave the turtle. You're his only hope. As soon as you leave, they're heading for the hills. They're not going to stay there and wait for someone to come pick them up. So I always tell people every time they call me and they say, oh, I left them at exit 61 by the LIE. I saw him. He's gone. I'm not even going there because I've gone on wild goose chases a hundred times. Every time I go there, you know, wherever they tell me and they left the turtle, the turtle head for the hills. Either he buried under and I'm never going to find him right where he was, or he took off because he's scared. He's scared. They're, they're running for their lives. They think we hurt them, which we did in turn, but meaning, meaning the person that found him. So you're his only hope. When you have that turtle in your hand, do not leave this turtle until it's handed off to either us or an emergency room. Because the 24-hour emergencies, like Riverhead 24-hour emergency, they will take them. If you, can, if you can't get us, which you always can get me, but if you can't, bring them to Riverhead Emergency. And there's also a Selden, a, an emergency room in Selden that will take them. Is that like a vet, like a vet emergency room? Yes, that's room. a 24-hour emergency. Do not leave the animal. That's number one. Do not leave them. Well, I guess the other question is like, what, what sort of, um, of symptoms are people looking at and finding when it's, when they need to call you? Cause you, like Brendan had said, when a turtle's crossing the road, you just help them across the road. Right. There's nothing wrong with them. But I mean, like, what are, what are, what do you tell people to look for to know whether a turtle is in distress? All right, number one is eyes closed. If the eyes are closed, a lot of people don't even look at the eyes. Cause I'll ask them, are the eyes closed? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look. Well, that's number one. If eyes are closed, they're not feeling good. Uh, obviously, 
if there's a limb hanging, which happens a lot when the cars hit them, or the cracks on the shell, that's obvious. Um, a lot of times you'll see a sawdust type of thing on them. That's maggot eggs. That's uh, strike from the flies. That's important. That's not sawdust. That's maggots. That needs to be helped ASAP because they're eating away at the animal. It takes four days for these animals to die that are hit by a car. So once that you see them on the side of the road and they're cracked and you're like, oh, he's mm. not alive. They're alive. Always get help. Even if you think, I mean, if they're a pancake, obviously not. But if they're semi-intact and they're just bloody and open and the shells cracked and you see maggots they're alive they're in there waiting they're waiting to help for help and they're waiting to die it takes them forever to die it takes them forever to to, to rehab they're just very slow animals um, but the things to look for are eyes closed obviously cracks or any torn tear in their in their skin um, uh, blood any blood um, any maggots like i said looks like sawdust uh, any bumps by their ears, that's the ear abscess from the chemicals that we're putting down on, on our, uh, in our environment. Um, what else? Um, if they're in one, one spot for more than 24 hours, something's wrong. Um, and uh, I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Oh, any, you know, discharge from their nose or you see any bubbles by their mouth, that, that's like a mucus, that, that means they have a respiratory infection. Um, something like that. But, but when in doubt, they should just give you a call. Always just give me a call. It's better because then I can FaceTime or you can give me a picture and I'll, I, I can tell by a picture a lot of, a lot. You wouldn't believe how much I can tell by a picture because, you know, not everyone's close by. So. And there's certain times of the year where you shouldn't be seeing them at all, right? Because they go into hyperphysia. No. But that's another sign of distress in the winter months, right? So. Yes. Yes. You never should see a turtle. After October, you shouldn't see it. And then they come yeah. back out again, like around May, April. April. So them, it's all depending on weather, you know. Yeah. So you, if you see them after October and before April, they should give you a call. Yeah. 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 Yep. Good. And Karen, do you remember the 2011 incident where a box turtle was discovered with a three inch nail through its shell? That was our patient. You remember that. Yeah, I reported on it at the time and I was looking it up to refresh my memory. It was discovered in Noyak yep. and it was brought to the Evelyn Alexander Wildlife Rescue yep. Center in Hampton Bays. So yep. have you like long had a relationship with them? Okay, yeah. So so we took that to we opened up in 12, 2012, and we took that turtle to our hospital. We rehabbed him and released him. Um, we have his x-ray still on our wall because we could not believe I put up ten thousand dollar reward to catch the person who did it. And that was obviously an intentional thing oh, when yeah. they just hammered it. Oh yeah. We see cruelty, We you would not believe half the things we see. It's horrendous. It's horrendous, it's yeah, but you know. So how long was that turtle with you? Um, Probably like two years. And we saw wow. after we released him, we saw him again about a year after because we released him. Obviously, I'm not going to release him back in the same location because he has that little hole on top and people are going to recognize it was in the news. So people, especially, you know, I don't know, kids and stuff, I, whoever, whoever did it. You don't want someone saying, oh, this was that turtle. Let's take him home because we have enough problems with people taking the turtles home as free pets as it is. That's illegal to do that, by the way. People did it years and years ago. That's why the popula population is a species of special concern right now and they're almost endangered. And they're protected by the Department of State because people are taking them away. Plus the habitat destruction is really causing a major decline in their population. So, um, so you know, 
it's what what's going to stop someone because they can't run away turtles they're just sitting ducks so you're going to take them home so we didn't release them what, what i'm getting at is we released them in a, in a, a we have a breeding program going on in uh east hampton it's a private residence and it's an estate so that's where he was released in a, in a protected area um but we saw him like a year later the same guy so I was happy to know that he survived and we had him for about two years and he, he, he made a full recovery. Yeah. So do you ever get, I remember when I was a kid, everybody had those little pet yeah. flat turtles. Is that an illegal thing or do people still buy them like down in Chinatown I've heard and things like that? Okay. So that's a, that's a, that's a major problem right now. That's an invasive species right now because what ha those aren't native. We have nothing to do with those. Those are considered pets. There's two types of turtles. There's native turtles, which is wildlife like a fox and a goose. And then there's the pet turtles, which they're sold in a pet store like a gerbil and a guinea pig. They're not from here and they wouldn't survive out here. Even though people dump them when they don't want them anymore. That's people dump turtles all the time. Tortoises that are from you know exotic lands they get them as a pet and they don't want them anymore. We have a couple here where they're our ambassadors as to why never to buy a turtle, pet turtle. Um, but so, so the red-eared sliders, they sell them in Chinatown illegally. And believe me, if you see them illegally being sold, call me, I have a DEC direct line that will go there, go there and shut them down because they're not allowed to do that. Um, they can sell them big ones, the big ones, they sell them because they, they're part of the uh, Asian food market, the big guys. They chop them open alive and everything. It's, it's a nightmare, but in any case. Um, so the little guys are sold in Chinatown and people, people buy them and then they get big. People don't want them anymore. Turtles live 60 years. So they're not re getting replaced. Like a dog dies in 10 years, you get another dog. There's way too many red-eared sliders right now. And people are dumping them in the wild and they're taking food from our native turtles, plus introducing foreign pathogens into our ecosystem. So now we have red-eared sliders everywhere and they don't belong here. So do people bring those into your um, facility? We don't, we, yeah, they bring them to us all the time. We don't, we don't take them. We, if they're injured, we'll rehab them, but then we have to find a home for them. It's just right. giving us more work. Yeah, because you're not going to put them back in the wild. That's not our mission. Yeah. Our mission, I mean, if we were paid by the government to do something like that, we would do it. But we're not paid by, we're, we're all nonprofit, you know, our, our, our budget is, is to, to deal with our mission, which is wildlife. Yeah. That's all we care for is wildlife. They are not considered wildlife. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel bad for them. They should stop selling them. They're illegal to sell in New Jersey. They should have, they should really be illegal to sell in New York. We're infiltrated by them, but you go in PECO and you see them in there. And it's just so frustrating because it should be illegal. You mentioned the the breeding program in, in East Hampton without disclosing any details that would 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 give away a location or anything. What what are you doing there? What's the purpose of that? What's the goal? So so those are our non-releasables. So we figured we'll put them to work. <laughs> and we will um so we put the the so the, there's a couple of non-releasables a couple of categories, I should say, with the non-releasables. There's ones that can survive in the wild, but they wouldn't be able to hunt because of maybe one eye or, you know, three legs, something like that. Those stay here. But the ones that are borderline that could be released, but we don't think they might not survive, you know, because we never know. We never know 100% whether they're going to survive or not. But but from our experience, we kind of can can judge by looking at them. So those guys go into our breeding program in East Hampton. So we have males and females. It's always a three to one ratio. So the males don't harass the females to death because that does happen. Males are notorious for that, even in, in the animal world and even in the human world. 
Um, so um, so and what happens is when we get little babies there, we release them back into the wild to keep the population up because they are a species of special concern right now. That's the box turtles. Interesting. Oh, that's yeah. kind of a neat thing. Yeah. yeah. So you have somebody there that care. Are they are they living on their own there or are they cared for and fed? Or they're, they're not as cared for as they are here. I'm not saying not as cared for, not as, um, what should I say, as captive. Pampered. <laughs> pampered yeah. yeah as they are here they're more natural wild yeah they're, they're protected um they're fed like they are here but we protect them a lot more here um because we're in a smaller area and it's there's a lot more predators here they're on a 25 acre estate so it's a lot different for them they, they have they have the life there they have a beautiful pond and they're living more natural there so, and the, the, the offspring stay there. So it's just building a, a colony, so to speak there. Yeah. And then when they get big enough, then we release them into the wild. Oh, great. Yeah. So that'll keep the population up. Yeah. And so do you have, um, do you have like target areas where you would like to release these young turtles that could really use more population or there's ideal places for more turtles to live and just wondering like how you just decide where to Release yeah, we, we really haven't done that yet because <laughs> we haven't gotten that, that far yet. Um, we just have little babies there and they, they're going to probably stay there. You know, we will do like a, um, a startup program for them, a head start program. You know, the smaller they are, the more predated. So we're not going to release them until they're at least the size of a baseball, um, which is probably like five years. So we didn't get to that point yet, but I'm sure we'll be putting them in areas where they need to be to be. Um, relocate uh, I'm sorry uh, population needs to be um, a stronger presence we're not going to bring them to Nassau County obviously there's not enough habitat there for them we're not going to bring them to an area where they're going to be like you know it's going to be you know not not a good area they, they have to live 60 years yeah. undisturbed so it's going to be in a preserve someplace where they're they're not going to be building something like that. And they're all box turtles that you're They're doing. all box turtles. Yeah, that's the only that's the only um, turtle right now that we're, that we're doing a breeding program uh, for. They're a species of special concern. The only uh, turtle after that that I would like to do is the threatened species, which is the Eastern spotted turtle. And of course the endangered species, which is the Eastern mud turtle. You will never see them. Really? They're, they're endangered. It's a shame because there was a ton of them out in East Hampton, uh, out in South Hampton, East Hampton area. Um, but the habitat destruction just, you know, they were in like marshier lands and all those marshes are- They like really the, like the Long Pond Greenbelt area, maybe is that where they- there's a lot of um yeah little different vernal ponds and stuff like that yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah that's the thing strange. i wasn't thinking about you know yeah when someone comes and builds a house somewhere they are not required to do any sort of a survey of what might be living there and um no you know big projects big projects they need environmental um impact studies but yeah. not for a home and that's when it really you know it's it's a shame because they just get you know, killed. So I remember like that whole thing with the salamanders and Bridgehampton when they were trying to build the children's museum and the, and the South Fork History Museum. That was like such a huge deal. But that's yes. that's kind of a rarity to do uh, yes. studies like that, it seems. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's a shame, but we try our best. That's all. And we're here every single day working. I feel like we're putting out fires every day. You know, it's like a fighting, fighting um a, a, a winning battle let's let's make it positive we're fighting a winning battle and hopefully um we'll keep you know i mean as a kid what's the best thing when you find a, a box turtle isn't that magic as a kid you know you're like oh my god you know anyway it was for me for me it was anyway 
but um, you know, you want to keep that, keep that going because they've been here since the dinosaurs, let's face it, you know, so we don't want, we don't want anything bad to happen to them. Good work you're doing. Yeah, oh, thank you. So it's again, it's the turtle rescue of the Hamptons. And um, if you need to call Karen any time of the day or night, she'd be happy to hear from you. If you're looking for <laughs> turtle help, and her phone number is 631-779-3737. And even if you're not listening to this on the eastern end of Long Island and you find a turtle wherever you are, she has friends in the know who can help you. So do not hesitate exactly. to wake her up in the middle of the night. Always, always. <laughs> Fun times. Fun times. <laughs> Get out there and save a turtle, everyone. So you know what it is? They're so shy and innocent and they don't make a sound. They're so quiet and like, you know, I don't know. I just have a, a soft spot for them, you know. Try to come out of your shell a little more though, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I could. <laughs> Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and sagharborexpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.